Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, and we are reading from the big book, page 162, the second paragraph, Someday We Hope, through three paragraphs ending in a matter of willingness, patience, and labor, and commenting on all. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, June S., the 12 Traditions, Nessa R., and readers of the text, Elizabeth H. and Lisa H. The reference numbers for Monday, October 23rd, 7 a.m., 10578, and for the 10 a.m. meeting, 10579. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask June S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is June S. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you very much for your service and uh, have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, June S. And Nessa R. will read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada, and grateful for the opportunity to do service. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise this problems of money, money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal, uh, personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us of these principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 162, the second paragraph, Someday We Hope, through three paragraphs ending a matter of willingness, patience, and labor and we'll be commenting on all three paragraphs. So, uh, sorry, Elizabeth H., if you could start reading for us, that would be great. Thank you. Elizabeth, press star one to unmute. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. 
Thank you. My apologies. Elizabeth H., compulsive overeater in Orlando, Florida, page 162. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. To some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. Little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities through contact with our two larger centers. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. This practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. Thus we grow and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. We believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. We know what you are thinking. You are saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. But you can. You forget that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing, what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. Thank you again. My name is Elizabeth H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Orlando. Thank you, moderator and team, uh, Tuesday for your service, and I'm starting my timer. Um, I just want to start by saying, and this does connect to the text, how truly thankful I am that this meeting was this morning, and more importantly, that I had signed up to serve in this meeting this morning. I got a new haircut, and it's amazing how something as simple as a new haircut can throw me off course. I was obsessing with my hair, playing with it, multitasking, and I feel as if this is a meeting that I may have otherwise just, you know, put on speakerphone and kind of tuned in and out of, or maybe not even called in at all. So the fact that I am in service today is the reason that I am grounded in a chair and present with all of you. So then when I look at that and I look at this idea of traveling, and I think if something as small as a haircut could throw off the, potentially my morning and my entire day, what does that look like when we travel and we're frequently traveling for work or we're traveling for pleasure or we have to reconnect with family that might have to be difficult to see or food might be involved if there's a wedding or special event. And I even think with myself just how quickly traveling can play with my mind if I change time zones and then I start to think, well, shouldn't I eat my dinner at 2 p.m. because my clock is off? And everything can can, uh, really get thrown off. So just how incredibly thankful I am that we have phone meetings and face-to-face meetings. And when I think about the trips that I've taken, there are a couple of things, no matter where I go, I love being able to lace up my running shoes and see that environment. And I love getting to an OA meeting and getting to meet people and find that familiarity in our, um, in our meeting language and also those little differences in culture that help me learn from what they have and also appreciate what I have back home. But then what I love the most is how these two paragraphs kind of bump up against each other. Yes, we should be thankful for this fellowship that has grown to now national and international prominence. But then it says, thus we grow and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. So it serves as a valuable reminder to me that while I am thankful for those meetings on the go, 
They should not be a crutch. I should always, no matter what, have this book in my hand and be able to reference it because with this book, my higher power and willingness, willingness, patience, and labor, I can have the recovery that the men in this book found. Um, so thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Elizabeth H. We'll now open up the floor for sharing. Please say your name just once. It helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share on what was just read? Christina S. This is Larry K. Kathy G. Okay, I think I I got Chrissy S. or Christina S., Larry K., Kathy G. Who else? Tina S. Ann C. Okay, let's go with that lineup, and maybe you can help me with the first name. It was, I think, Chrissy somebody. Larry K. Chrissy G., thank you. Chrissy G., Larry K., Kathy G., Tina S., and Ann C. Chrissy, would you like to go ahead for us, please? Sure, yeah. Hi, I'm Chrissy G., recovered in New Jersey, and I'm just so grateful to be part of this program, and thank you so much for that opening share. Um, I, I felt, I felt the, the, the energy and the gratitude around this program and having this as our resource, as our channel to connecting with the higher power. And I, I love the idea of faith without works. And that's what this, this shows me. Yeah, we, we hear the encouragement. We come into the program and we hear the encouragement of other people saying, look, this is what we did. This is how we were. This is now how we've recovered. And then there's this, um, this voice in the back of the head that's, you know, I call the disease, call it whatever you want, the negative thoughts, the evil power, the lower power. This thought that, but I'm, I'm somehow different. It worked for you, but it's not, it's not going to work for me. And the fact of the matter is that it's telling me as long as I do these steps, I do A, B, and C, I'm going to get where you got. And, and all I have to do is suspend my disbelief and do the work and see the results. So it, you know, the willingness, the being willing and actively doing the work and doing the work of spreading the message after we've gone through four through nine and we're, we're on the path to, to really working these principles in all our affairs, that's the energy that I need to conjure up. It's not really about um, the beginning when you put down the food, you're wondering, can I really do this? And then, you know, you do what you do and you follow the directions and you see that, wow, I'm abstinent. That's the first, that's the first, you know, voice of doubt that we can work this program. And then can I carry the message? Oh my God. Well, maybe the second one is, can I endure the pain of going through these steps without food? Because that's, you know, going through four through nine isn't always comfortable. And then the following part is, can I maintain this program and can I pass it on to others? And that's, you know, yes, the answer is yes. It's telling us right here in this reading that we can if we're willing and we want to work. So I'm just really grateful that, you know, that I have the energy to do the work, that um, I can 
because of my previous experiences with what what you all say and what this book says to be true um it's it's come true in my life so it can come true in anybody's life and with that i pass thank you chrissy g larry k it's your turn and kathy g you'll be next hey thanks so much for your service larry k uh recovered compulsive reader from chicago the uh Let's start my timer here. You know, it's it says here, though you be what, though you be but one man with this book in your hand, we believe it and hope it contains all you you will need to begin. I, I'm just one guy out here, but I, I do have this book in my hand. Someone cracked open this book for me, brought it to life for me. You know, it, it reminds me. You know, do you need a, a some sort of guru to recover, as if one exists? <laughs> There's no gurus in this program. No. You want to? You want some sort of celebrity sponsor? To, you know, keep searching. There's there is no such thing, right? And you don't need one to recover. Do you need someone who's lost hundreds of pounds? Is that the person who's going to get you through to this recovered state? No. There's wonderful people in this program. You just need to be one man, one woman with this book in your hand. Is there a magic wand to this thing? No. You're going to be sprinkled with pixie dust? It doesn't happen. It's not a fantasy. You know, you're not going to be touched by greatness. You know why? Because greatness doesn't exist. You're, 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 you're surrounded by human beings who are just like you. And some of them may, by the grace, by the mercy of a higher power, through this book, following these instructions, got across the bridge. There's no greatness there. It was mercy. Don't don't kid yourself. Rather, you know, through these steps, we're going to be touched by grace. And grace comes from the Latin word gratia. It means favor. Um, you know, thanks. Grace is is defined as the infinite love and mercy and favor and goodwill shown by, what, the celebrity sponsor? Is that, is that who's going to give you this, this mercy? No, it's by, by your, your creator. The, the one, oh, the one of your own understanding. Yep. What if there is a power greater than you? What, what if there is? And, and if so, what if that power could restore you to sanity by following a few simple rules? You follow this book? these instructions, and what if those instructions were nothing more than a means of being brought into alignment with your creator? What, what if that were true? And is it so absurd to think that once brought into a state of congruence with this creator, regardless of whatever your circumstances, regardless of whatever your preconceived notions are about how the world worked, how you come to truly know the love and mercy of this power, this power your own power, what if that were true? Nah, it's all nonsense. And the mere fact that you're even listening to this hocus pocus, it's, it's some cruel, random, inconsequential event. Think again. Think again. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry K. Kathy G., it's your turn, followed by Tina S., well, good morning, everyone, and thank you all. Thank you uh, to our moderator and uh, all our readers and everyone for being here today. So, so grateful. Uh, so grateful to wake up and as at the top of 163, 
it says, we believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. I am filled with hope this morning, and that's why I had to jump in. I woke up, and I realized that something is happening to me that I really didn't have the fullness of hope in me that it would, and that is that I could actually hold on to the hope that I could stop eating compulsively and stay stopped. And that is such a miracle to me. I first came in uh, to OA in 1990, and I remember November 17th, 1990, I was on my knees in the bathroom, and I had thrown up several times, and I thought I was going to die. My heart started going into a crazy beat. And I begged God to not let me lie, uh, die on a bathroom floor. And I waved the white flag of surrender and I got to an OA meeting and thus began my journey. So I got set free from bulimia um, and I've been set free for all these years, but I just couldn't stay stopped from eating my personal binge foods consistently over time. So a friend of mine who had been abstinent for many years found out about phone meetings, got on the phone meetings, found a sponsor through a special edition. I got to the convention in New Jersey. I was on the plane getting off. And as I'm getting off, there's a girl on her knees waiting to get her bag out of the overhead behind me. And she says, Kathy? And I say her name. And we had not seen each other for 15 years from a meeting we used to go to. And as I got off the plane, there were eight people from that meeting. And I am going to meet them for dinner, and we're going to a meeting together on Thursday night. And that fills me with such hope. And we're all getting better. And we're all filled with hope and joy. And God is giving us the willingness, the patience, and we're doing the work now that we didn't do before because we didn't know we didn't have the tools. And I just got a new puppy last Tuesday, and God's giving me patience and willingness and joy to do this today. So I just wanted to spread hope today and know that I love you all, and I'm here if you need to reach out and talk to somebody to get some more. Hope you have a great day. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. Tina S., it's your turn, followed by Ann C., Thanks, Lynn, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, heard some really great stuff this morning. Grateful to be on the line. You know, I love where we just started. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. And over the years, from the time that this was written, this has been remarkable from where we can find uh, the meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous. I, in my area alone, uh, we have a meeting at least every day. So, you know, people come from all over and, and attend our meetings. And, and I have that opportunity, you know, to do what it says in the last paragraph that we read today, talking about, you know, uh, tapping a source of power much greater and then duplicating, you know, what, what we have accomplished. You know, by the time we're at this part of the book, we've already done the 12 steps, you know, and we've had a spiritual awakening. And so we are following the dictates of dictates of a power greater than ourselves one day at a time doing the best that we can you know I suit up and I show up and I try to be of service 
you know, and I am not perfect. I heard that too, and I just I am so glad that I hear that on the line. I'm not perfect, but I do the best that I can any given day, and I have the opportunity not to live in the disease. You know, I have the opportunity to give this thing away and to want to today. You know, and I've shared this before when I first came here and first worked the steps and was on step 12. I didn't really want to do all this, you know, for you, but I am less selfish today and more giving through the process and the transformation so that, you know, one day at a time I can be of service and that maybe somebody can hear the message and I can plant the seed. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And C, it's your turn. Hi, good morning. This is Ann C. from Connecticut. Thank you, everyone, for being here. This fellowship of people who share their experiences with each other is just so amazing. Um, these rooms are filled with people who think like me. These people have become my second family, and they remind me at every meeting and every phone call that there is hope, and we can recover and stay recovered if we do the work. Um, that first paragraph. Uh, I love that, the first line. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of alcoholics anonymous at his destination. And it certainly has grown. And um, I'm sure they're all looking down on us and smiling. And uh, even now, I, I you know, I have a sponsor who does a little more traveling than I do. And I know Wherever she goes, she somehow always tends to meet up with people um, that she's either met on the phone or, uh, you know, through these, through a vision and, you know, gets together with them, goes on picnics, goes to meetings, and it's just such a wonderful fellowship, um, and it's everywhere. And I even went on a, a cruise to Bermuda this past spring, and uh, they did have a meeting on board. It, it wasn't technically an OA meeting. It was... Uh, called Friends of Bill W. And um, most of the people there, there ended up being about six or seven people. Um, I was the only OA person. Uh, Everyone else was AA. But um, it was a really good meeting, and and they had the meetings just about every day. And it was nice being on vacation and, you know, being able to have that sense of fellowship with, with other people you know, that have addictions and that are, you know, working the steps and following the big book. And and I did go prepared. I even brought my big book with me on vacation. And um, it was just a really great experience. And uh, thank you all for being here. Um, And I pass. Thank you, Anne C. For those of us who are just coming on the line, we're on page 162, the second paragraph, Someday we hope, through three paragraphs ending, a matter of willingness, patience, and labor, and commenting on all. Who would like to share on these paragraphs? Lisa B. Reba P. Alan G. Leah M. Harlan G. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I missed a couple of people. I heard Lisa B., Bob. Reva P, Leah M, and Harlan G. Who did I miss? Nicole B. Valerie B. Valerie B. Okay, and I think there was somebody else. Nicole B. Is it Nicole? Is that who I'm hearing? 
Yes, Nicole P. Okay, great. Let's go with this lineup, and if I missed anybody, we'll pick you up again the next time. I've got Lisa B, Bob, Reva P, Leah M, Harlan G, Valerie B, and Nicole P. Lisa B, could you start us off, please? Good morning, Lynn. Can you hear me? This is Lisa. Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for your service. This is Lisa B, a recovered compulsive overeater here in Greenville, South Carolina. And um, the line that jumps out for me is, um, what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. And for some reason, when I was reading this this morning before the meeting started, that word patience just jumped out at me. And I have a love-hate relationship with patience. Um, I don't ever like being reminded that I need to be patient. And when I look up that word patience, it says, The capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Wow. (laughs) Um, It says without complaint, loss of temper, irritation, or the like. And, you know, then I'm also reminded of the easier, softer way that it talks about in um, how it works and how I've lived so much of my life always trying to find the easier, softer way. And this is giving me three descriptive words, and there's so many other words in the big book that tells me what's required, you know, um, a willingness, um, honesty. But when I look at that word labor, that's another word that I, I really am not a big fan of, toil, exertion, drudgery, effort. It says especially hard physical work. That's under the definition of labor. And so patience and labor, you know, I, I never liked those things. Um, I never wanted to work for anything. I always wanted things just to come my way. And, you know, then when it's talking about in the line, I'm jittery and alone, I couldn't do that, I am so often reminded in, in 10 steps, I need to turn to my higher power. So many times I even want to make my, my co-fellows, um, my husband, my work, Uh, my health, my finances. I just want to make all of those things, you know, soothe me, comfort me. And it's always, it's always this inner resource that I have tapped as a result of getting entirely abstinent and seeing who and what I truly am and accepting the plan that's laid out in this book. And it does involve willingness, patience, and labor. And I don't always like that. But I had to see that I will truly die. And, you know, for me, my body, I could live into my, to be almost 90. My body might be the last thing. You know, my health, my, well, I could lose my health, but I could actually lose my life last, you know, as a result of this illness. But dying spiritually, emotionally, you know, I walked around for so many years, like I love that saying that I heard on this line, tombstones in my eyes, which is such a descriptive word. Um, that's how I lived and that's all I knew. And I, I, I didn't know any different. I had to, I didn't even know how far out into the illness I was. Um, even though I was still functioning with a job and, and life, I had been dead for so long. And that's the thing with this illness. It's so patient and it's very subtle. It doesn't mind, you know, waiting. The other thing I've learned with this illness is that it's really woven into all of me. It's like a, it's so much a part of me. It'll never be separate from me. And it, it just consumed me. But I didn't even know how much it consumed me. And I needed to be willing, patient, and be willing to have do the labor, do the work. Even today as a recovered person, there's so many moments of joy and happiness. But often, you know, there is still the drudgery of needing to toil. And so much of that is about letting go and being patient 
and not doing it um, with complaint and loss of temper and irritation, but allowing this new person that's been created as a result of this spiritual remedy to live. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa B. And Bob, it's your turn, followed by Reva P. I'm Bob from Westchester, Pennsylvania, and I'm a grateful, recovered, but not cured, compulsive overeater. A couple Bob, of, what's uh, the initial of your last name, please? Uh, B, like in boy. Thank you. Go ahead. A um, couple of things come out for me in this. I remember coming into the program and uh, really, uh, my life was unmanageable, um, and I w- did not know anything, uh, really. Uh, and I came in uh, wondering, what is this all about? Uh, why am I here? Uh, and I got into meetings, um, and for me, I got into meetings at my home church and there for a long time. And I started hearing people share. And uh, I also did not realize that one of the principles of this program, and I learned as I kept coming back, it's weakness that binds us together, not strength. It's a higher power, our understanding or my understanding of a higher power that's going to help me grow in this program. And that gets into the line that says, thus we grow. I had no idea the growth that I needed to make in this program. My growth needed to be spiritual, need to be emotional, and I am so grateful that my higher power became part of me, and I always thought my higher power was outside of me, and I learned to find the higher power inside of me, and that I could rely on that higher power, and that took me years to figure that out. Um, So I am very grateful uh, for the people in this program who are my teachers. and I need to remain to be teachable no matter how long I've been in the program. I've been in 25 years, and I still need to be teachable and go to meetings and hear these people on the lines that give me hope. And that's the other thing that this program gave me was hope. Hope I could be the person that God wanted me to be, not who Bob wanted me to be. And I'm with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Bob B. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Leah M. Hi, good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I wanted to share on the word duplicate. Um, And what I understand is that means an exact copy, just like the original, uh, which reminds me. And when I first read this, I found this so, so hopeful because I sat in the room and heard people share that they hadn't picked up their specific binge foods, behaviors, ingredients for years and years. And I thought, I can't do that. How does somebody do that? I couldn't do it for sure for 24 hours, let alone 24 minutes. Um, And duplicate means I am going to get exactly the same results as the people who wrote the book who became recovered. I can get the same results as anybody in OA who is recovered as long as I do what they did. And that is so hopeful. Um, It's not magic. It's not rocket science. It's following the steps and doing the work. Um, And what also struck me is... Reva, we've lost you. Reva, press star one to unmute. 
Okay, it seems like Reva's having difficulties. Leah, do you want to come on? Or have we dropped me? Hi, it's Leah. Perfect, thanks. Okay, excellent. Thus we grow, and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. Um, you know, that is the program of attraction. Of course, the goal of this program is to have a spiritual awakening um, that will change our lives, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery um, and allow us to be happy, joyous, and free. And if people can see that has happened to us and they'll be attracted to the program, and that's exactly what was occurring uh, for those pioneers. The program was a program of attraction and they had a responsibility, a job to do, an obligation, because we're experts in our field. You know, we're a unique group of people. We are real compulsive overeaters who uh, have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and we carry a message of depth and weight, and we're armed with facts about ourselves. And, you know, that is a message of hope and possibility for those who still suffer and uh you know it says to duplicate with such backing what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness patience and labor and that was exactly what they did those who have had a spiritual awakening um are able you know to help in ways that other people just cannot our text says we have recovered and have been given the power to help others and bill w spent the rest of his life with these other pioneers years trying to help other alcoholics, trying to help the fellowship of AA, trying to put this thing together so we could have it today. And uh, just as true today as it was, you know, back in 1939 when they penned, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And if we made two lines, two groups of people, those who recover and those who do not, the group of folks who recover is going to be very short, and the group of folks who don't recover can be endless. And do you know who chooses which line you could be in? You do. <laughs> it's not who gets it and who doesn't. It's who does it and who doesn't. You know, the book says willingness to go to any length to recovery. If you have decided you want what we have, there's no limit on God's grace. There's no evil force. There's those who recover aren't special. We don't have special credentials. We haven't been appointed by anyone. Against all odds, I was supposed to destruct, self-destruct by my own hands, seeking ease and comfort. Uh, but someone cracked opened this text for me, brought it to life, took me by the hand, took me through this very same work, uh, allowed me the uh, the uh, privilege of having my own unique spiritual experience and then put me to work carrying this message of recovery, passing it on so that others may have it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah M. And Harlan G., it's your turn. Thank you very much, Lynn and Team Tuesday, for this magnificent meeting. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And Leah is always a tough act to follow, but particularly this morning, she really said it all. Um, this is not a program for people who need it. This is not a program for people who want it. This is a program for people who do it. This is an action program. 
the last word that we read this morning was labor. And as we go about in our lives, we are carrying a message. Whether we want to be carrying one or not, we are carrying a message. I run into people all the time who have been in this program sometimes for decades and they do not sponsor anyone. They're just afraid. They, they're just scared to death to sponsor. And my response to them if they ask me is, what have you got to lose? This is a 12-step program, not an 11-step program. It's a 12-step program. The book does the work for you. If the person wants to recover, we can't say the wrong thing. If they don't want to recover, we can't say the right thing. And we get people all the time coming in and going out, coming in and going out, coming in and going out. And what we need is to understand that that's part of their process. But for those of us who are cornered by this illness, for those of us whose lives have been ransacked by an illness that we cannot cure, we didn't choose, and we cannot control, we have to do all 12 steps. I started taking, and I don't deserve a medal. I'm nobody special. As Leah said, we haven't been anointed or appointed. We, haven't, we have no special credential. I started taking phone calls this morning at 3.30 a.m. This meeting starts at 4 a.m. my time. I didn't want to get up and take that phone call. I didn't want to. I wanted to sit there and schmuckle around in bed and, and just, you know, whatever. But I had to get up and take that phone call. Why? Because it put more distance between me and a chocolate turtle and less distance between me and God. That's the key. That's the secret. It, there is no secret. This is not a program for people who want it. This is not a program for people who need it. This is a program for people who do it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Valerie B., it's your turn, followed by Nicole P. Hello, this is Valerie B. from Maryland, um, recovering compulsive overeater. And um, I was really struck by what the text said about how, uh, you know, even, this is the way I understood it, even if somebody's alone and they have this book and they follow it and, and uh, connect with the higher power, that that's all they need to, to overcome the illness and to, um, you know, and to, like, you know, it seemed like even start a fellowship because that's what he did. And um, I'm so grateful that I have all of you guys um, you impact my life so deeply. But on another level, on another level, you know, after the phone call's over and, you know, after we're done talking and everything, we all have to go out and face life by ourselves, you know. But the key for me is, and this is the way I understood it, is that I'm not alone because of this amazing higher power that when I implement the steps, and, I, and I'm brutally honest with myself, with God, and my sponsor. This amazing power of love fills me. I'm not blocked. I, I don't need the food. And 
I can share this in, you know, I can share this in, 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 in sometimes in some very dark places. And, you know, people try so hard to look so wonderful on the outside so many times. But like somebody said earlier, like if you look deeply into people's eyes, sometimes you can see the tombstones. And, um, and I'm so grateful that today, because of the because of my higher power, this book and this fellowship, um, you know, even though I'm I I I'm struggling back, I, I had a slip, I had I, I I relapsed, and um, because I I I didn't because I let I let resentment get the better of me, and um, I'm so grateful that there's still an answer that I today, it's, it, I'm going into my, this will be my third day of abstinence by the grace of, of, of God, my higher power. And, and the thing is, is that I, it comes back. I mean, I was in a program years ago, and I'm not blaming, I'm grateful for it, but, but it was like when I said I had nowhere to go. I, I would, I'd tell my sponsor, and I'd get punished, and I'd feel condemned, and I'd be miserable, and, you know, it was, I, oh, my God, you know. I, I, I remember doing 90 and 90 days of meetings, and I'd come out of the meeting, and I'd, I'd run into a 7-Eleven and get not one but two gallons of ice cream, and a, holy Moses, you know, I, I just... I just didn't know how to get it back, and I'm so grateful that this program works. No matter what stage we're in, the, the book says if we have the ability to be honest, you know, and, and if we do these simple steps. And I am so grateful uh, to my sponsor, to my higher power, to this, to this book, you know, to the people that wrote this book, and to you all, because it works. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Valerie B. And Nicole P., it's your turn. Good morning, everyone. I am a grateful compulsive reader, well, recovered compulsive reader from Georgia. Um, someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. My journey before program was led by fear, anger, hatred for myself and others. And when I read that, it reminded me that God definitely led me to this destination because I feel that my higher power wanted me to finally experience what true happiness and love and patience and kindness really is. And I found that through this wonderful fellowship. Um, and then when it says little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities, that reminded me of the Vision for You convention in New Jersey. I'll never forget that um, Leah and the other one, what's her name, Melanie C., they were telling us that there were 778 people in attendance. And I was like, oh, my gosh. People from different countries, from cities, states, all of us came together for one common goal. And it wasn't to complain about our lives, and it wasn't to live in the problem. It was to talk about the solution for this disease. And that just warmed my heart. And to know that I walked away from that with two sponsees who were ready, because the attraction, like Leah said, this book in my hand, all I did was speak to them in a lobby, and they were like, I want what you have. And... I know for me, I've grown spiritually. Lending a hand to me means I am doing God's work. I'm spreading 
God's love. And for me, I feel it would be selfish of me not to pass on what I have experienced. Because, I mean, nothing warms my heart more than to see someone else reach that spiritual awakening and to know that they did the work. Yeah, we work together. Yes, we go through this book, but they are doing the work. And as a result, they're seeing this transformation. And what I know of my higher power is that the only thing he requires of me, besides me doing the work and having the willingness, is that I trust him and that I'm honest. Never did he ever ask me to be perfect. And I love that. Um, For me, I equate it to snakes. I love that snakes, when they shed their skin, they shed their skin to allow for growth. And as they shed their skin, they get rid of the parasites. And as they grow in each step, the skin sheds. And I consider that to be the spiritual awakening for me. It's I'm letting go of the old personality for a new. And that parasite is my character defects. Me Time, please. Blaming. Thank you. Me um, blaming everyone else for my problems. And as a result... I have found a fellowship that has welcomed me, and I've found a higher power that requires me to be as honest and thorough as possible. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nicole P. We have time for two more shares. Who would like that spot? Anita J. Jackie Okay, I heard Anita J. and Maura Z. And there was one more person? Jackie B. Jackie, I heard Jackie. Let's see how we do. Anita J, it's your turn, followed by Maura Zed. Thank you so much. I I haven't been talking much lately, folks. Sometimes you have to listen. This is Anita J, recovered out in Massachusetts. And uh, this spoke to me, it all speaks to me, but this spoke to me today because of uh, because I've been and I was a traveling woman uh, for a little bit. And... Uh, been back home a week, but you know, you sometimes you have to be the big book. You're the only copy. We hear that in the rooms and in the and on on the line. I didn't have. Sometimes you don't have time to pull out a big book, and uh, because the the God has presented somebody to you, not in the four walls, somewhere else, in the seat next to you on the plane, and. Um, it was just an incredible time. It's like, okay, you had your time, now back to work. And um, it all came because of an innocuous question this man asked me, and uh, which led to, you know, um, smoking addiction is a real killer. We're talking about my husband's death. And um, he, he shared. He shared about how he quit smoking at the age of 30 because of a heart attack. And um, I said, well, I can understand. I quit too, but it wasn't the main addiction. I'm telling my story. And I mentioned food, and he began beaming and patting his stomach, which I have to tell you, I had already noticed that little stomach. Kid is only 48. And I began, I began to be the big book and quote, um, you know, and, and that is the beauty, is that I'm beginning, I can never be the one to quote the paragraph and page, but the phrases come and the, and the bottom truth 
no matter what strategy I have. And that you could see he still had some strategies. He's smiling about what I'm telling him. And he did not write down a vision for you. He did not write. Uh, but I know he heard that there is a 12-step program for food addiction. And um, that's enough. And I said, well, you know what? Someday I, I put on my little old lady type voice. When um, you've run out of all your strategies, because that's what I had to do, you think I listened to this book right away? I didn't. I, it doesn't matter, I didn't. And um, then you're going to remember the little old lady in the seat next to you and what she passed on. I, I just, you never know when God presents somebody for you. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. And Maura Z, it's your turn. Maura, press star one to unmute. Thank you, Lynn S. I'm sorry. Um, Maura Z recovered in Virginia. And um, I was we know what you are thinking <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> we know what you're thinking you you're saying to yourself i'm jittery and alone i couldn't do that but you can um i am reminded of one of my sponsees who um when she was um when i believed she was more than ready to sponsor she was hesitant and um but she did she started sponsoring and just recently she and another fellow started a new meeting and the traveling part is that it's a good ways away from the bulk of the meetings in our inner group and yet i believe there are five or six of us that traveled a good way to go to this first meeting because it says right here those of us who travel drop in as often as we can to lend a hand to to hope that this meeting takes good roots and 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 that's what we do we carry the message we we are the big book when we're traveling we are the big book when we go to a meeting um and when a meeting is starting a brand new meeting is starting there's such promise there were i think eight or nine people there um there were a couple of newcomers there it was just it was such a treat such a blessing to be a part of that and to lend my voice and you know what kind of format they're following they're following a vision for you in fact that's the name of the meeting that's the second vision for you meeting now in our inner group area here and because that's the kind of meeting that's having the 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 recovery um and the the hope um and so people are getting recovered and people are going out and sponsoring still yet more um so i'm jittery and alone i couldn't do that is replaced with i have my higher power i'm not alone and i have what i've learned from this big book and i have the fellowship and i can go out and I can Thank duplicate you. what I have been so generously given. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn.
Thank you, Maura Z. And Jackie, I'm sorry we've come to the end of this meeting, but hopefully if you have time, you can uh, stay for the second hour. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Tuesday, June S., Nessa R., Elizabeth H., Lisa H., and Russ M. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, October 24th, is 10582. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Lynn. Lisa H., great, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.